Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Holly Rubenstein. I'm a journalist and editor. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Today, I'm joined by James Lohan, the co-founder and the mister of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It all began when James and his wife Tamara, aka Mrs. Smith, decided to go about creating their own boutique hotel guidebook, traveling the UK to try out the best spots for a luxurious weekend break. The book was a huge success and the business has since grown to include a popular online booking service and its membership program now has more than a million global members. In 2014, James and Tamara received MBEs for their services to the travel industry. And when I asked James how many hotels he's visited, he estimated a whopping 2,000. As soon as we started chatting, I knew this had to be a long haul feature length episode. As a bit of a hotel junkie myself, this was just so much fun listening to James zigzag across the globe from one extraordinary destination to the other. Whatever you're dreaming about, if you're thinking of a weekend staycation or a mega honeymoon, I guarantee you'll get some great inspiration from James. So let's hear more from him. So James, thank you so much for being here today. We're in the fantastic offices of Mr. and Mrs. Smith in West London. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to go on a journey through your travel diaries. So let's kick off with um, chapter one and that's your earliest childhood travel memory. Yeah I was um, trying to think about that one. We um, didn't have many holidays sadly when I was young so um, nothing quite as glamorous or as interesting as I do now. Probably what gave me my wanderlust but it really does go back to sort of Cornwall I guess would be the first memory I have of probably body surfing on Polzeth Beach with my friends. Uh, So yeah that's probably my first memory. Cornwall is a great first port of call. I mean, I feel like in England, it's quite the unsung hero if you haven't been there. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. And we've got some amazing hotels down there. And actually, one of, the, one of my favorite hotels still today, the Trezanton Hotel down there, is, is wonderful. And it's just such a varied coastline, different coastlines, of course, different styles of beaches, some surf, some just beautiful, like Dama Bay, I remember, for windsurfing is stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and great restaurants, of course, and all the Rick Stein things and everything else that's going on there. So yeah, it's a wonderful destination, apart from the narrow roads and the traffic jams, if you go in July and August is my only memory. And potentially the rain. Yes, well, (laughs) we don't worry about rain, we're English. It's good for for the garden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So your professional career wasn't originally in travel. So tell me what inspired you to then make this journey to start Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, so I've always um, set businesses up. I've been sort of an entrepreneur, I guess, for quite a while now. Uh, I think mainly because I was fairly unemployable and uh, and I didn't find any jobs that I really wanted to do. So I started to create jobs that I wanted to do. And I've always been uh, within the sort of entertainment industry. So bars, restaurants, clubs and hotels became a fascination uh, and uh, decided I want to get into hotels somehow mm-hmm. and thought there wasn't any really good guidebooks around when I was a younger 30 something uh, man and I was trying to take my now wife away for weekends away and failing miserably because of uh, the so-called guidebooks out there weren't uh, really sort of covering the places that I wanted to take her to right. so I thought we'll fix this and we'll just write 
write our own guidebook and we'll just do that and that's what we'll do so no travel experience um uh just as i said having owned and run bars and clubs and restaurants and an event management company and various other things always been looking after people and my peers mm. and uh hotels were the thing that i wanted to get into next and so you've just decided to write a guide i mean well, that's pretty ambitious obviously i had some amazing people okay. to tell me with it all uh firstly my wife mm. uh so she's the missus she's the missus of the yes exactly and what does the missus bring to the well business? well missus we have this sort of uh sort of uh double act where i'm weirdly the front end of the pantomime horse and she's the back end so she's <laughs> very techy very operational brilliant right. at all those sorts of things and i tend to be more in charge of what we look like and sound like and the brand if you like mm-hmm. uh, uh but we both obsess about everything so um, and we both love the sort of travel club aspect of the business and the servicing and looking after our members and that sort of thing so it's um yeah we're just very complementary uh in terms of what we do and we've managed to sort of you know bring a brilliant team of people along the journey with us and why mr and mrs smith as the name yeah so again i've always been a bit disruptive in my former sort of uh businesses and i think the world didn't need another luxury guidebook or luxury or whatever boutique website and so we felt that being a couple, uh, no one had really looked at hotels uh, from a couple's perspective. It's always been, in my mind, a grey-faced hotel inspector on a Monday night, chewing on his prawn cocktail and writing notes about how me and my girlfriend were going to go away at the weekend. And it didn't marry up. Mm-hmm. So we just thought, could we just reinvent the way that uh, hotels were being reviewed? So we were using what we now know as tastemakers or influencers before there was social media. So we would send away, uh, it could be, uh, you know, the owner of a nightclub. So the owner of China White, which was a cool nightclub 20 years ago, whenever we started Mm -hmm. uh, with his partner, or we'd send away uh, Felix from Basement Jacks with his partner. Or, you know, so we were taking everyone from restaurateurs to journalists to DJs to rock stars to interior designers and sending them away as a couple and reviewing the hotels for us. And that's when we started to sort of piece this idea together of Mr. and Mrs. and and trying to get a bit more of a balanced idea of what a hotel should be. Great. Well, we'll come back more to this, but let's move on to chapter two. And that is the first place you fell in love with. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, There were so many places. I mean, our first book, which is back in September 2003, we were trying to find 52. So one for every weekend of the year. And we ended up with only 41. And I was crestfallen by this because the whole concept. No, it was just UK and Ireland. And I was completely gutted because the brand concept had been sort of ruined. But actually, it was the best thing we ever did. We only put in 41 because we only loved 41. So I think probably uh, we jumped in this old knackered car I had to go around the UK and we saw literally I think about 150 hotels and I think that probably we started in London so I think Blake's would be my first one that I would say which uh, designed by Anushka Hempel it's just like the sort of the Grand Dharma boutique hotels and it's just sort of smacks of mischief and fun and sort of discretion and sexiness and all the things you want from a sort of city hotel when you're a, uh, a couple and I love that every room was very different uh, mm-hmm. but not themed in an aff way but just in a kind of uh, sort of fanciful way in a really exciting way and uh, the, the, the the restaurant and the uh, attention to detail and the service and the way they look after you there was just truly extraordinary so I think Blake's and it's where you know Jerry Hall and Mick Jagger used to hang out back in the sort of 70s and uh, I love that it stood the test of time and still is in our collection today so I think yeah I think that would 
Flakes would be my first one. And was that the first hotel that you thought was a dead cert for the guy? Yes, I think so. Uh, uh, from London. And then we literally got in the car and went down to the West Coast and started finding places like the Trisanton uh, or things like the Witchery up in Edinburgh stuck in my mind. This amazing place at the foot of Edinburgh Castle or the Drunken Duck Inn was another one in the Lake District. Uh, so we just found all these wonderful hidden gems around the place. Uh, some we worked with today some sadly don't exist anymore but it was it was a really exciting collection that we built not on how many stars or diamonds or you know how many plates they had on their wall or awards they'd won it was about the experience and it could be a wonderful little pub in the middle of nowhere or it could be Le Manoir or Cat Saison it could be something uh, you know it was all about trying to find a collection of properties that a couple would want sometimes because they wanted a relaxing weekend away uh, but it's still got to be a great guest house or B&B uh, but sometimes it was you know uh, an anniversary and you wanted to go to Blake's Hotel in London and mm-hmm. really push the boat out so we were the first people to start to pull together an interesting collection of properties. Um, Across a variety of price a variety, points. Exactly, yeah. And so we've tried to redefine luxury and we redefined it as boutique is the way we redefined it. I feel like maybe you were the first mover with boutique hotel collections. Would you say so? Yeah, I think we, we actually coined the idea collection because everything was chains in those days. And, yeah. I, and I took that nod from fashion. Uh, oh. I thought it's like a catwalk. You know, we're putting amazing properties uh, front and centre in front of this audience. So I started to think collection was a nice way of talking about it and it yes. kind of caught on, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the million-dollar question, what makes a great hotel, in your opinion? Oh, there are so many elements. I mean, we're quite shallow. It's got to look good. You know, I want to go somewhere that's better than my home, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, Do you think it has to look even better now because of social media yeah now I would say looks are almost a a tick box you've got to be amazing on that department back when we started it was a lick of farron ball paint and some fancy wallpaper from Osborne a little and a bowl of fruit and reception and people (laughs) were calling themselves boutique so it's moved on a hell of a lot now and actually to even get people to get us to come and visit you you've got to be something pretty stylish and special to start with Mm -hmm. and then obviously we're looking at all the hundreds of layers Uh, and so when we look at hotels we don't go around with a tick box but we will check that the barman can mix a fantastic martini we will check that the uh, thread count of the sheets are you know at least 400 and probably indian now rather than egyptian but we'll look at the shower and does it really get you wet can you fit two in the bath what's the view like can i turn all the lights on and off from just the bed you know i look at all the the functionality of the place but also the bits that make it really you know something something special so it's it's food it's service it's touches it's the generosity of the host there's so many touch points in a hotel experience and we that's why we go there personally Mm. and then we send away this couple anonymously to experience it for 48 hours so they really get to know the experience rather than walk around with a clipboard and a form ticking things off exactly exactly Speaking of falling in love, I'm currently thinking about my honeymoon. Uh, I'm getting married in December. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So where would you recommend we go and what's the most romantic place you've been? Wow, wow, wow. So many, so many. Um, I think one place I really fell in love with and I think would be great for a honeymoon uh, is a little place called Ushua Casa. And it's in Bahia, in a little village uh, town called Trancoso, uh, in the northwest, uh, no, northeast of Brazil. Oh, wow. And 
it's uh, this stunning, charming little sort of village, uh, which are these sort of pastel-coloured bungalows around what they call the Quadrado, and uh, which is just a grassy sort of, almost like a mini sort of rough Brazilian uh, football pitch with a little white church at the end. And all these bungalows have been transformed into Ushua as part of it, which is the hotel. Yeah. So lots of little bungalows. You can pick different amazing bungalows to stay in. Uh, there's no traffic, so you can just walk out, and there are great restaurants and bars and shops and all these things around this little magical area and the hotel has been designed actually by an amazing couple um, one of them a guy called Wilbert uh, was the creative force behind Diesel for 20 years oh, and wow. he's upcycled everything and he's designed this hotel in a way that when people talk about sort of barefoot luxury as a sort of generic term this is done to a different level and it's so creative and so thoughtful uh, and so magical so and every single one of his little bungalows within Ushua has been designed differently so there's even a mini tree house in one of them which I'd recommend mm, uh, yeah, so you get wonderful service wonderful food a wonderful Brazilian sort of atmosphere I love that it's uh, that there's no cars and then just five minutes away is the most stunning stretch of beach that I think I've been to uh, with waves that are just big enough that you could do a bit of body surfing or a lagoon on the other side that you could go paddle boarding and he's upcycled an old wrecked fishing boat which is their bar down at Ushua there and you can just sit in there and hang out and have amazing cocktails all day and and uh, yeah it's just it's just got this lovely mix of being very rustic and adventurous and real but also you're looked after and where would Um, you fly into so you can either fly into Rio and maybe do one or two nights there and then it's about two hour flight up um, north um, I think is what we did when we went and Mm. I just really really loved it it was magical it was one of those places I'd want to go back to one that you've just that's lodged in your memory yes exactly great tip thank you so much there we go so chapter three is the place where you learnt the most about yourself. Uh, it's funny, we don't do that many sort of trips that are transformational in terms of that trend that people are talking about. But I think every trip that I go on, I learn something new or I find out something new about us as a couple or us as a family now. Um, I think... Uh, one place I definitely learned how resilient I was was when I was trying to get married. I was trying to um, work out where to uh, pop the question. Oh, and yeah. I planned this to Iceland. I uh, hadn't been to Iceland before. And I'd planned several scenarios which could have worked to sort of go down on one knee and, and ask uh, Tam to marry me. And every single one went wrong. Oh, it no. was a catalogue of errors. I was so stressed out this whole long weekend. Everything from the moment when I had the ring in my pocket because I didn't want to leave it in my luggage and I got searched and they asked me to empty my pockets in the, you know, all the things that you can imagine went wrong. Uh, you know, the, the amazing restaurant I'd heard about wasn't amazing enough. The huskies that were going to take us on some sort of sledge ride wasn't very romantic. They just stopped and peed in the snow all the time and we had to wear <laughs> blue boiler suits. The skidoo ride across the glacier was with a lot of American tourists and wasn't very you know all these things just didn't work out and then on the last night I'd organized a private um four by four trip to go and see the northern lights and the thing with the northern lights is it has to be very cold tick it was freezing but it has to be very clear but it was a blizzard this night so I was oh, literally no. so I'm in the back and Tam knows nothing about this I'm looking a bit grumpy because I've run out of time basically 
So our driver then says, oh, should we just go off-roading, turn the lights off and see where we end up and have a bit of fun because you're not going to see the Northern Lights, which was my epic moment, I thought. And so, yeah, whatever, let's go. Come on. It's a time to come on. It'll be all right. It'll be fun. Anyway, we ended up on this amazing beach. It was a black lava sand beach with icebergs crashing in and there was a blizzard coming down. And I said to Tab, let's get out. And I thought, this is it. This is where I'm going to do it. And she's like, get out. You're crazy. And I said, no, no, come on. It'll be fun. So I went out out into the beach and then popped the question on there. And it worked out brilliantly. It was like a really great romantic moment. I was so relieved to give her the ring and not have this sort of, I felt like the Hobbit, you know, sort of a golem taking his ring around for four (laughs) days. So that was, uh, I I think I learned about resilience that weekend. Iceland (laughs) is such an amazing country. It is. It's very unpredictable. It is. But it's a wonderful place. And we've got some amazing hotels there. Depla Farm, if you get a chance to go there, is quite extraordinary. Yeah, that's on Uh, my bucket list already. You have to go there. It's really, really great. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, Iceland's definitely um, another place that's lodged in in my memory. that you proposed? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so in Vic, there are these incredible black sand beaches, as you say, that if you just go on a long weekend to Reykjavik, you could easily miss couldn't you if you just stay there but it's so worth going south it really is it really is no it's an extraordinary country yeah one of my favorite places (laughs) and you mentioned that you've got two kids now yes so give me hope that when the time comes that I start a family that I can still have an amazing holiday and it will all be okay okay. it's going to take a while so Tom and Ali Tom's now 12 Ali's nine and they are brilliant travelers I mean they are so well traveled and lucky uh yeah and uh it started off I would say quite challenging I remember on a trip with Tom when he was just a couple of years old we were going to St Lucia on a on a sort of curation trip and I think he sort of caused a tantrum for an eight-hour eight flight or whatever it was, uh, which was horrific. And I said, I'm never going to travel with this child again. Uh, but they get better. So you, you do get into a groove with them. You learn how to kind of keep them happy. Uh, and you will travel again. But I would say the first year is a bit of a shock. And the only things we really did was when grandma or grandpa on either side would take the kids for a night. And we'd do a lot of one- and two-nighter things rather than yeah. any epic trips, that's for sure. But now we take them everywhere and we have amazing family trips together and it's brilliant, you know, and seeing the travel through their eyes is is extraordinary and and rewarding as well. And you've added that, right, to part of the business now. Yeah, well, we had to because we weren't welcome in all the hotels. So Mm -hmm. we had to do Smith and Family stuff. Uh, So, yeah, so we tried to we try to look at hotels it's not just for us about the sort of luxury family hotels with kids clubs and stuff and although we do have that um, and there are some amazing hotels that will literally look after your every need as a family um, do you have we, any tips for them yeah I mean it's it depends what age your kids are to what hotels you should go to mm-hmm. um, and it depends how good they are at traveling like my two are still terrible in a car so I can't do very many road trips because I've learned that doesn't work that well it's really understanding your children and what they really like I mean most uh, kids, it always starts for us anyway with a swimming pool of some sort. Yeah. Um, and then as Tom and Ali are getting older, uh, the activities become more and more important. So uh, I think a kids club as well for me, if it's a kids club that the kids want to go into, then you've won. Because uh, yeah. I think kids clubs quite often can be the sort of place where you see kids crying at the door as their mother and father leave them guiltily to run over to the spa. So I'm <laughs> yeah. looking for kids clubs that are really creative and they are talking to my kids and saying, this is what we're doing. And my kids going, I'll tell you what, mum and dad, we might, we might go and do that. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. So those are the kids clubs we were looking for, really creative ones. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm just looking for hotels that can come up with mini adventures that, that are going to be great for the family. So 
So those, that's what we look from our hotels. It's got to be great for the kids, of course. It's got to be great as a family unit because we want to do stuff together because we're working so hard and we don't spend enough time with them. Yeah. And then we want a couple of nights where we might get the babysitter and have something great just for Tam and I. So that's what I'm looking for from a hotel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. So, chapter four then. Yes. This is the big one. Your all-time <laughs> favourite destination. Oh my God, I can't possibly say that's like picking a favourite child, which I have, of course. not. I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, it's really difficult because there are so many destinations that have meant so much to me over the years. Uh, and... I think, uh, interestingly, it's quite an obvious one, but it's, but it is an amazing one. And, and I'd resisted going for some reason for a long, long time is the Maldives. And I hadn't gone just because I thought it was just going to be about, you know, beautiful beaches, uh, amazing sort of honeymoon destination, typical destination, and, and maybe not that adventurous, but, we um, we went several years ago to a place called Suniva Fushi, which has been around for many years. And I was blown yeah. away by this place. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because it's beautiful, which of course the Maldives is, and the diving's amazing, and you're swimming with turtles, and all the all the wonderful things that you would expect from the Maldives. Um, this place was particularly special because. The way that they dealt with you as a guest, I hadn't seen before. So when you arrive off your boat. 
having come in on your sort of uh, seaplane, which is always always an adventure. They took your shoes and they have this sort of lovely saying of no no shoes, no news, which I really loved. And uh, they then gave you a sort of rickety old bicycle and you just went around the island on bike after that. Barefoot uh, on bike. Barefoot on bike. But the attention to detail, they'd even wrap some cloth around the bike pedals so that your feet weren't kind of getting dug into. Oh. They were really clever. And they'd, they'd sort of made little wooden signs of your names which you hung off your bike. So when you parked it anywhere on the island to go to whatever magical restaurant that they created, there was your bike there with your name and your room number it was just very thoughtful and they didn't have butlers or they had kind of man fridays or girl fridays uh looking after you who almost became like a babysitter as well for you and the kids and Mm -hmm. so they'd take off the kids to the outdoor cinema eating pizza and ice cream and watching willy wonka on the on the cinema and tam and i would then have a nice meal in their treehouse restaurant and so we had this lovely sort of combination of doing stuff together but the bit that was really extraordinary when you went diving with them or snorkeling as we did with the kids you wouldn't just go with a dive instructor you would go with a marine biologist who would teach you about the sea and teach you about the the stuff we're doing to the planet so it was kind of educational and I think when you're with the kids you want to feel like they're not just having a holiday they're they're actually learning learning some stuff from it and then we took a tour of their eco center and when we're all recycling at home you know we can never do enough when you go there and you see the sort of level of recycling and the thought they put into it it blows your mind Mm -hmm. so all the polystyrene that the fish will be delivered in goes into the insulation of the new villas that they might be building around the island all the this is another thing they started I think about a year ago all the glass that so there's no plastic on the island not allowed all the glass that comes in from all the wine etc and they've actually built a small glass blowing studio and they make works of art with all the glass that oh, the guests then so buy cool. and take off it's yeah. like the ultimate recycling Absolutely. so their creativity is second to none and their ideas on how to recycle and try and protect this very precious place on earth and teach other people I just thought made the holiday even more of an amazing holiday beyond just the luxury that you would expect in a Maldivian hotel so mm. that's definitely one that sticks in my memory as well how about your favorite city city okay cities again guys so difficult you're asking me to ask such difficult questions to pick one every time um, and I'm not saying they're my favorites they're just one of my favorites of okay we're sticking to that rule okay, yeah I don't upset anyone I'll never <laughs> I'll never travel again um I really really love Florence uh I love cities you can walk around and don't have to get in a cab or tubes or whatever it might be. And Florence is very walkable. It's so beautiful. The architecture is stunning. Uh, I love all the galleries. I love uh, the Ponte Vecchio. I love the, you know, I love the, the feel of it, the restaurants, the bars, the buzz. Uh, so I think... I think, yeah, Florence would be one. And I had an amazing meal at a restaurant called Il Latini, which is a bit touristy, but it was a really great restaurant. It was the first place I'd been to where I remember arriving and we sat down and they just said, what do you want to drink? And I said, I could look at the wine list. And it was like red or white. And I love that. I was like, oh, there's no choice. I love yeah, this. And then yeah. here's, the, here's the starter. There's either uh, this or this. You know, there was just two starters and two main courses. And it was one of the best meals I've ever had. And I really, really loved that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and it was also JK Place we found there which now is an amazing collection of hotels just about Mm. to open one in Paris actually to give you the heads up Uh, and uh, I remember arriving at JK Place which was one of the ones that 
we were considering, but only from the website. You can never be sure. And we weren't sure about it from their website. And I walked in going, wow, this place is amazing. This is why we're doing this. And I remember that excitement, which is what I really love to feel when I'm finding a new hotel. Uh, is that so, your yeah. prerequisite? Like yes. that kind of, <gasps> yes. oh my gosh. Yeah, when I walk so in, I want to be like excited. Wow, yeah, yeah, and that's the same with everything, whether it's the room or the lobby. And I think I can tell now from the signage outside if something's going to get me excited. Really, from I the reckon, signage? I reckon, yeah. Particularly if it says coaches turn left, then you know to turn right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I can now, yeah. It's amazing. Well, no pressure on the branding <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah. And then your favourite hotel, James. Favourite hotel. Oh, man. Okay. Um, favourite hotel is, again, impossible to say. Um, I think I've got a new favourite coming. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the UK because I think it's, it is an amazing property and it's continued to be incredible. And I love it every time I go. And that's Limewood. I think Limewood is a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. I love the spa. Uh, I love that... Uh, so Limewood uh, is in the New Forest? Down in the New Forest, yeah. yeah. And Robin Hudson is one of the best hoteliers, also the creator of the Pig Hotels, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And it's just a place that's special, and it's a real treat every time I go there. And I love uh, Angela Hartnett in the kitchen. And uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of my all-time favourites, that's for sure. What's the surroundings like there? So it's, I mean, the New Forest is stunning. Uh, I've always enjoyed the New Forest. I like also going there because it's it is a different landscape to you know going further down to the west country and stuff I love all the woods there and walking through the woods and you can do foraging trips with them and that kind of thing and the beaches are a bit more wild down there and yeah it's it's just and it's so close to London you can be there in an hour and a half again you're not spending all your time in the car to get there Uh, and it's yeah it's a place where I know as soon as I arrive I'm de-stressed and ready to unwind and relax that's so nice yeah that's yeah. what you want from yeah so I think I think that would be the one I would if I could just sort of uh, speed dial a booking now and go and have a couple of nights off that's where I'd go and what about the one that you think is coming up oh well there's a very special place which we're already working with uh, called Rescue and it's a collection of villas on a beautiful 4,000 acre estate just on the borders of Umbria and Tuscany you can see it's in Umbria I think but it's technically in Umbria but you can see Tuscany so you're right there and it is uh, owned by a wonderful family who've had it for I think quite a few years now and they've had these uh, sort of uh, ruined sites around the property that they've created wonderful villas for various owners from around the world and they've created this lovely hub there of a a great restaurant there's the horse stables there's all these sort of things going and they are finally going to be finishing creating their own boutique hotel there the rescue hotel uh, in the castello there that they've been um, uh, renovating for the last year and a half and i think it's going to be ready hopefully in the summer 2020 i want to say Mm -hmm. and i've already seen some of the plans and i've walked around it as a building site and I know the owners and it it is going to be very special and so as soon as that's ready to be booked uh, or Mr. and Mrs. Smith, of course, then you should book there. That will be my big tip for next okay, year. Okay, you heard it here first, right? <laughs> Adding that to the bucket list. So chapter five. Yes. We've talked about a few hidden gems, but um, what would be your real tip for a place that 
is maybe a bit of an unsung hero. It's a tough one as well. Hidden gems are always a difficult one. They're always the ones that people ask you about. Uh, I love, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful little place in Stockholm called Et Hem. And it is the most stylish hotel that you can possibly uh, really? walk across the threshold of. Mm-hmm. It is essentially, I kind of try to coin a new a new name for this type of place, which I've called a private house hotel. So if you imagine you had a fabulous, glamorous, very wealthy aunt, and she lived in an amazing house, and she had a few staff, and she had impeccable taste, that is what at Hem feels like to me. And what makes it so special is, it was designed, uh, the owner is extraordinary, um, but she got the help from Ilsa Crawford to design it as well. So it was kind of a collaboration between them. Mm-hmm. And you walk in, and you immediately feel like it's a home, but there's someone there who's hosting you, uh, rather than and a general manager and they kind of wander take you around the property and that you walk into the kitchen as if you're walking to someone's home's kitchen but there's a cook in there rather than a chef and you talk to the cook and you say look I'd love to have something relaxed tonight, but could we do something a bit more, I don't know, um, uh, interesting tomorrow because it's our anniversary, let's say, and they'll create a five-course menu for you tomorrow night. So oh, you wow, start to yeah. design what you want out of your trip. It's a bespoke experience. Yeah, exactly. But it's truly bespoke, but in a very relaxed kind of way. It's not forced. And uh, they also, this sort of sort of field-to-fork sort of um, trend, obviously it's been going on for a long time. They have their own farm outside of Stockholm where they bring all the stuff in as well all the from the chickens the eggs for the chickens from the chickens to the to the you know the salad that you might be having on your plate to the vegetables you're eating etc so it's a really clever concept it's very high end so it's not cheap but the rooms are impeccable they are beautiful uh and i think yeah i remember walking in there going wow i've never seen a concept like this before it's it was taking a luxury hotel or a boutique hotel and and reimagining it in this sort of private home sort of style it reminds me of a place I think is a Mr. and Mrs. Smith property in the Cotswolds, Fox Hill. Yes, Fox Manor. Hill Manor. Correct. Yes, very is that similar. A similar. Similar sort of idea. Yeah. Exactly. I think Fox Hill Manor has only gone maybe twelve rooms as well. Uh, it's, it is literally just a very big house. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Fox Hill Manor is also so. Again, you can walk into Fox Hill Manor and talk to the chef there and create your own menus, but. You can also go down to the wine cellar and pick your own wines. So and I cool. love all that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Fox Hill Manor, if you don't want to go to Stockholm, would be another very good bet on, uh, on trying out, if you like that's the sound of that sort of uh, idea. Because sometimes when you go to hotels, it can feel quite prescriptive. Yes. And here, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the but opportunity you design for your own Exactly. You yeah. completely design your own stay. And, and do I you think see travel great. going in yes. that direction? Yeah, I think it is going to. And um, yeah, there's, there's another place down in South Africa in the uh, Dehoop Nature Reserve I think it's called it's called Morakuru mm-hmm. uh, and it's a wonderful little hotel and also its own uh, private house uh, running a similar private house hotel concept it's right on the beach and you go uh, on a drive it's about three and a half hours from Cape Town and you start to go into the middle of nowhere like I'm worrying that if we break down I don't even know the phone's not working I, don't, I haven't seen anything for miles uh, it's quite a, it's quite a journey just getting there and mm-hmm. when you get there 
you start to see in the distance these huge sort of white hills. I was like, well, it can't be snowing. It's definitely too hot. And you don't realize until you get there that they're sand dunes. And they're so big that you can sand surf. You know, you can like snowboard, but sand surf. Yeah. Uh, And you wind your car through this amazing, um, very very lush but quite sort of bleak landscape uh, where there is some ostriches popping up and some antelope and various other things. So it's like a mini safari as well. And then you arrive at this incredible villa or house, uh, which is, again, fully staffed. And it's, it, was, it was another magical trip that I had. And you literally just design what you do for the next two, three days there. Uh, and if you go between July and August, you have the benefit of whale watching, which is I think is one of the best places to watch the migration of whales. Yeah, uh, so that was another one which I remember just thinking, God, if I could holiday like this all the time, I think this is the future. Mm. Um, it's really special, really special. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yep. And where do you go to for your own travel inspiration? How do you hear about all of these amazing Well, properties? I'm lucky now. We've got a team of 10 people around the world in our curation team who are always on the road. And they have so nice jobs. <laughs> they, they have the job, yeah. I mean, it sounds incredibly glamorous, as travel always does, but they are working hard out there trying to look for these, you know, amazing properties and sorting the wheat from the chaff. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, chaff out there mm. and that's our job you know that's what we see as our principal job as curators for our for our members to make sure that you don't have any bad experiences you know everything that mr and mrs smith does is always going to be great so i uh every time one of them comes back we have emails going around just got back from here just got back from there so like this year georgia was a place that just looks like it's going to be the next big thing totally, i think we've got yeah. three hotels there can't wait to go and try that extraordinary mm. destination you wouldn't think of going to Mm. you know formerly the soviet um republic wasn't it? i guess yeah and so that's extraordinary or namibia they've just got back from again i'm like oh my god i can't keep up with them uh so i tend to get my inspiration now from those guys or i know a lot of hoteliers of course and they will tell me about places and they'll be like james just got back from here you need to go there uh so yeah so there's there is i i literally have my own to-do list which i can't keep up with so god knows how everyone else can (laughs) (laughs) given that it's my job and i'm allowed to travel a bit more than others maybe but i'm i'm never going to get everywhere i don't think speaking about the separating the wheat from the chaff yeah Chapter six um, is the place that you'd never go back to. Oh, I feel bad about this one. Um, (laughs) So I wish no uh, ill of of, uh, the Egyptian people who were lovely, but I didn't enjoy Egypt when I went. Didn't have a Mm -hmm. good time. Mm -hmm. I just found it very overcrowded, all these sort of... Uh, sort of tourist sites that you need to go and see the pyramids and etc and temples and various tombs I found it to be mismanaged Uh, you got hassled a lot Uh, I didn't enjoy the food had quite an upset stomach from memory for quite a few days right? and just didn't have a good experience. And Which part of Egypt did you go to? We traveled around. I'm trying to remember. It was a while. We went to Luxor. We went to, um, we, we went all over, we went to Cairo. We did the whole bit, but I just, there was nothing that I remember going, I really want to come back here. It's uh, such a shame given it its was, history. I know. It just, I just felt it didn't deliver. I yeah. mean, I just felt that they didn't look after their historical sites in the way that they should have. I hope that they get 
better at it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't feel that they managed it well, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's not a place that I'm going to... I think also I, we went off to Dahab, is that right, as well, which I was told was meant to be like Ibiza, and it really wasn't. And I think <laughs> I arrived in the taxi and turned the taxi around and went back to wherever we were. Um, so yeah, so it's that, that would be one, I would say, but um, hopefully one day... It yeah, it will better. improve. Yeah. Um, how about um, real hotel turnoffs? What when you go into a hotel really? What am I looking for? You? What irritates me? So. Uh, I like staff to be attentive but not too overbearing. Yeah. I don't like too many people looking after me, otherwise I feel a bit sort of cramped. So you want that effortless sort of service uh, that's attentive without it being constantly in your face asking if sir or madam are happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that tends to make sir or madam and unhappy. Tipping, in the US, tipping culture as yeah, well, right? tipi- Yeah, tipping is stressful as yeah, well. So it stressful. is stressful, uh, particularly in America. So trying to... Uh, have your dollars ready or whatever is always good. But I think, you know, any hotel that's all-inclusive in the right way where they say, please don't tip and everything, so I don't have to be stressed about that, which more and more hotels are doing now, I'm glad to see. Or I hate signing for bills. I hate that. I like constantly signing chits for things. Anything that interrupts my holiday, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the sort of the, yeah, the frictionless part of it. And also bedrooms that you have to work out where the light switches are all the time or how to turn on the hot tap or the cold Apple. I hate things that are trying to be too clever. Yeah, um, and that I seems just, to happen so often. The, the, the best ones often are the ones you don't have anything to say about, in a way. You know, in terms of everything, just seems to be intuitive. Uh, mm. So I'm looking for that. But I am looking for some wow factor as well. You know, mm-hmm. I am really looking for some surprises and details and things I hadn't thought of. Uh, what do you think is the most kind of obvious thing that hotels get wrong? That do they get wrong? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the thing I think that I probably ask the hotel to change the most is the lighting and the music. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the amount of time I've had sort of techno music, I was chewing my cornflakes in the morning or some spotlight in my face while I'm trying to have a romantic dinner or, you know, I mean, I literally do this. I go in and go, look, please, you can have to dim the lights. Maybe a candle would be good or do you have another playlist? I mean, I've, I do this all the time. My wife just finds it incredibly embarrassing, but <laughs> but every, after I've done it, she's like, well, it's better now, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I think, I think, you know, someone who is in charge of the atmosphere is is really important you yeah. need a host that gets it and feels it as a guest mm. um, and too many hotels I think design things without experiencing them enough themselves so they really need to think about how does the each situation make you feel and I think so many times I go god no, they didn't think about that they didn't think about that I actually have a massive list of all the things on gripes that if ever we did our own hotel one day um, I would um, I'd put it into it but um, well speaking of which I was going to ask would you ever well, <laughs> it's, it's funny I've owned my own bar and restaurant and clubs and things over the years and I know how difficult it is in short I don't think I'll ever do a typical hotel I would say um, yeah. I think if I did do a hotel in inverted commas it would be something different and it may not be on land it may be on sea it may be something different is all I would say I don't have yeah I'd like to do something I'm very into boats uh-huh. um, what about I, cruising I, are you into cruising yeah I'm into 
my, my team are going to kill me. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested in sort of reinventing cruising at some point because I think it's got all the uh, potential of being the thing that we all get into as we get older. But right mm. now, it's not where I want it to be. Mm. Uh, I think its reputation for, precedes it. It does, bit. but it should. It makes sense that if I'm stopping in beautiful ports in different destinations and I've got a room with an incredible view, and you know, I don't see why it shouldn't be as wonderful as a boutique hotel. I think the problem with them at the moment is they're so far behind the curve of where boutique hotels have got to stylistically they are so way out of the ballpark at the moment uh i think their food and wine and service and all those kind of things are very stuck in the wherever whatever decade they still are at the moment um and and the entertainment is a little bit too sort of maybe cheesy for us so i think if you could reimagine all of that in a slightly more boutique way then that could be a fascinating project yeah. so sign I mean, me up yeah i'm interested in that i am and and i who and likes I, flying like does yeah. anyone really love flying yeah. between place to place to place yeah, exactly. if somebody could deposit me in each place i'd be very happy exactly and there are some wonderful little sort of boutique sort of uh, ships and boats and yachts now that are taking 20 30 people that we're starting to see and i think that's something that's going to grow as a trend mm-hmm. and that privacy of being able to escape to your own cove or your own place where you're not going to see other tourists is going to be something that i think we crave particularly for people that can afford that at the luxury end of the world so mm-hmm. i think yeah heading towards the sea might be an interesting sort of future very exciting <laughs> is there something that you um can't travel without given that you travel so often is sleeping pills yeah really or my wife i should say or my children shouldn't i no uh i do actually sometimes <laughs> use sleeping pills just to help with jet lag yeah particularly if i've got a lot of meetings the next day and uh it can just get me into a sleep pattern more quickly mm-hmm. um but um nothing too heavy but yeah i try and help with some, with some good old-fashioned sleeping must, pills. Yeah, you must need it. Yeah, right? sometimes, sometimes, zone. yeah, it does help me. And I try melatonin things, it doesn't really work. Um, so, yeah, go for some proper prescribed ones. Tell your doctor you're stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you need a holiday. <laughs> Chapter 7 is your next big adventure. Um, I think now the team just got back from Namibia, I'm interested in that. Uh, Rwanda's another thing I'm interested in, see the apes and... Yeah. Uh, another thing on my list at the moment, uh, a place I've never been to because we didn't, because when we got there as a, as a company was India, the kids were too young and I felt it was a bit too much for them. We've been to Sri Lanka with them, which I love, but I haven't done India and I really want to do that. And I think they're getting to the age now where we could brave that and yeah. um, really try that. And I hear just so many amazing things. So I feel that's yeah. a, that's a place that's missing in my, uh, in my travel sort of diary. So I want to do that as well. And there's so much. I'm sure I just don't I wouldn't even know where to start no yeah uh, there's too many places you can go in so yeah and I want to leave some places for when I'm sort of old and really knackered as well so that's the sort of place I think think that's the kind of place I could go for months as well you know so I don't know but yeah those are a few places I'm thinking of we talked about Georgia yes. as a next big destination mm-hmm. for 2020. Yes. Are there any other um, hotspots that you're tipping? Well, actually, um, we, we're so governed by the hotels and what's opening and what's coming. So 
uh, it's not always for us the most cutting edge necessarily destination wise because we can't go there until the hotel we don't do the best of a destination mm-hmm. it's hotel driven as our business uh, so you know I, I really enjoy going back to the classics like I can't wait to go to Paris to see JK Place you know, I haven't been to Paris for a couple of years I yeah. want to go back there yeah. and, and quite often going back to places that seem the obvious are still wonderful uh, Menorca is another place that's really up and coming at the moment so um, Mallorca we've all done to death but has some great places at the moment and it's really shed its sort of Majorca roots and yeah, you know yeah. reputation which I love about that and Menorca has sort of always been the sort of baby sister and it's it's wonderful and there's a couple of new hotels opening there as well so Menorca for close to home I think we should check out next year uh, and then this rescue place I'm interested to go and see this new hotel there so those are a few of the ones that are on my hit list for next year Fantastic. but Georgia just looks awesome go to Georgia wonderful well then finally that's chapter eight and that's what's at the top of your wish list top of my wish list um oh dear um it's such a difficult thing with me I have so many wishes and thankfully so many of them get granted uh I think out of all of those I I really want to take our kids to Rwanda from what I've heard about it and see the see the gorillas and uh I think that would probably be it just nudging its way to the top of my right now wish list I reckon Mm, wonderful oh thank you so much James it's been fascinating to chat it's a great pleasure thank you for uh, coming to interview me those are your travel diaries thank you so much thanks that was James Lohan the co-founder of Mr and Mrs Smith as ever if you've liked what you've heard today your support with a review or rating is so appreciated and helps other people to discover the podcast you can also find me on instagram at holly rubenstein all that's left to say is thank you so much for listening and i'll speak to you next time today's episode is supported by airbnb It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels easier even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.